The Bible Study Podcast, episode 214. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Daniel with chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may remember last week, Daniel and his three friends got in trouble because they were some of the wise men, but they were gotten out of trouble because Daniel was given the ability to interpret dreams and, in fact, was told the king's dream without even having to be told it by the king. And this not only saved his life and the lives of his three friends, but all of the wise men in the kingdom. So, as you can imagine, all the wise men in the kingdom become close friends with Daniel. Or not. And this is how the story continues in Daniel 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to this dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald proclaimed loudly, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, "'May the king live forever.'" Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of your province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So this time it's the three friends, and we're calling them here by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who get in trouble because of their religion, because of their beliefs, because of their faithfulness to God. Daniel, for some reason, is not mentioned at this time, but his time will come later on. And even though it was one of these Jews, it was their friend Daniel, who has just saved these astrologers from the king's wrath just a chapter ago, not that long ago in the history of Babylon, they are now saying, look at these Jews, they are not following your rules, and therefore you should do what you promised. You should throw them into a fiery furnace. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, then you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. 
then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? I get the impression that whoever wrote this originally had purchased their scroll in bulk, and therefore they need to repeat things like horn, flute, lyre, zither, harp and pipe, and all kinds of musical instrument. Uh, but not counting the stylistic points for the redundancy here, you see that the problem they're in here is they need to be faithful to God or they need to be faithful to Nebuchadnezzar, and they have to choose. They're not being allowed here to worship privately their own God, and, and basically they understand that they are not allowed by the law of Moses to worship anything else. That first commandment there, you shall have no other gods before me, applies here. And so they say no. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. There's an old Negro spiritual that said, didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel from the lion's den? And we'll be covering that story later on. The Hebrew princes from the fiery furnace, then why not every man? And this is one of the things that these three have to face is they know that their God, they believe that their God is capable of saving them. They do not know for sure that they will be saved. There are certainly some who are martyred for their faith. There are certainly some who are faithful unto death. And they might be those three as far as they know. And yet they tell the king, we believe that our God can save us. And we're going to be faithful to God no matter what happens. It might mean that you kill us. It might mean that God saves us. But we're going to be faithful no matter what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. The king is mad. The king has set himself up this image and has set himself up as a god. And he is not going to take this kind of insolence. Worse that they are insolent, they are his servants, they are trusted advisors, and they are not doing what he said. He is going to teach everybody a lesson. In fact, he is so much in a hurry to teach everybody a lesson that he gets some of his best soldiers killed who just get too close to this fire that has been heated up extra hot. He is looking for these three to be extra crispy. He wants absolutely everybody to know that his rule is law, that his wishes are law, and that anybody who doesn't follow his commands are going to die. But something strange happens at this point in the story. In verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, 
Weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. This was unexpected. King Nebuchadnezzar realizes at this point that something strange has happened here. The three men that he has thrown into the fire are, one, not dead, unlike the guys who tried to throw him in, and two, not alone. And the interesting thing about this story is that is the last thing we will hear about someone being in there with them. There's no explanation. There's, it doesn't say this is an angel of the Lord. It doesn't say that this is God. It doesn't say anything. It just says Nebuchadnezzar looks in and sees four, and one looks like a son of the gods. But the message is that God didn't leave them alone. And I think that was what their faith was in, is whether they were going to die or whether they were going to live, that God wasn't going to leave them alone, that God would be faithful to them, even if it was faithful to them unto death. And in this specific case, God is faithful to them, lets them live, and lets them show Nebuchadnezzar that he is not, perhaps, all the big thing he thinks he is, that there might, in fact, be higher authority than him. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. That's a change in attitude. He now understands whose they are. He now understands that they are not his men who are disobedient. They are servants of the Most High God to whom they have been obedient. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. I like that last little bit, just not even a whiff of fire on them. God protected them, and God can protect them, and they knew that, although they did not know for sure that he would choose to. Then Nebuchadnezzar says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language, who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will be cut into pieces, their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This is a favorite story of the church and the people of God as they've lived through persecution, if they lived through difficult times, because this is a story that promises that God is with us, that whatever happens, God will be there. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast.
If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.